Now I get to invite up um, Shannon Kemp. Shannon has been on, uh, she's one of our campus missionaries with CCF for, let me guess, seven years? Eight years. Ah, eight years. And serving there faithfully, and we get to hear you bring the word today. And I just personally want to say thank you, Shannon. Hey, it's my pleasure. Let me get my stuff out of your way. Thanks, Tim. Well, good morning, Hillcrest family. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yay, there we go. It is a happy season after all. Um, well, as Tim mentioned, my name is Shannon Kempt, and um, I'm part of the UCM staff team. And before I go any further this morning, on behalf of my team, I just want to say thank you, Hillcrest Chapel, so, so much um, for standing with us, for supporting us, for praying for us for all these years that we've been um, at Western, at Whatcom now, and Skagit as well. Um, your support is so crucial to us, and together we're so passionate about students um, on our university campuses encountering Jesus and following him the rest of their lives. Um, and over the, the 45 years that we've been on our campus at Western and now at Whatcom and Skagit as well, we get to reach students with the gospel, train them up in the way that they should go, and then send them out all over the world. And we get to do this together. And I'm so, so thankful um, to be part of this family, to have your support. And so on behalf of my team, thank you so, so much. Um, yeah, so I've been a part of the Hillcrest family now for about 10 years. Um, and one thing in particular that being part of this community has given me um, is a love for the Advent season. I don't think I've ever been part of a church that has celebrated this season as well as we do here. It's so easy to get caught up in life, in the passing of the weeks and the months of the year, um, and the rush of the season. But here at Hillcrest, um, I have been invited, and I think we're all invited, to slow down a bit each year and reflect on the significance of this season. And we're reminded to gaze backward Uh, to the first time when Jesus came, and then to reach forward to his coming again. And as we celebrate his mysterious, his miraculous, and astonishing coming into the world as a baby, we get to look forward in longing to when he will come again. Not as a baby, but as our risen Savior, our Lord, and the one who will make all things right and new forever. Suffering, crying, pain, injustice will end, and the peace and the joy, wholeness, and right relatedness that Jesus initiated on his first coming will be complete. And I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for the day when he will come back to us. And Advent is a season that reminds us to prepare, to watch, to wait, to persevere, to keep working, to keep praying, and to keep drawing near to the one who is coming. And last week, Tim drew us into this season with a story. A story of a young girl who had an encounter with an angel who was sent by God. It it was an encounter that would change her life forever. It was an encounter that would cost her something to embrace. And it was an encounter that initiated something new in her. And this week, we get to continue with Mary's story. A story of a young girl 
um, an unexpected mother, the woman who would give birth to the Son of God. She had no idea what that would fully mean, but she said yes anyway. And this week we'll come to her story and again, and surprisingly we'll see our own story reflected back to us. And here's what I mean. Mary literally experienced the life of Jesus being formed in her. She felt him moving and growing inside of her, and she felt legs and hands and elbows jabbing into her lungs and popping out of her belly like baby fists do. I have a couple of dear friends who are pregnant right now, and and to see their babies forming and to feel them moving is, is incredible. Mary felt this, and she felt Christ literally being formed in her. And what's so surprising to me, and something that I never considered in approaching Mary's story, is that her experience is a metaphor for Christ being formed in us. So let's read Mary's story again in Luke. Uh, And then we'll continue on with this idea of Christ being formed in us as he was formed in Mary. So if you have your Bibles, turn over to Luke 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. It'll be up on the screen also. This is Mary's story again. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. We'll start this morning with Mary's response. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me fulfilled. Mary said yes. She said yes to this wondrous thing that was about to happen. The Son of God growing in her, birthed from her, shared with the world through her. 
And the thing that is also striking to me is that the life of Christ is formed in Mary as she made herself available to the Spirit of God. And the same is true for us. The life of Christ is formed in us as we make ourselves available to the Spirit of God. The life of Christ is formed in us as we make ourselves available to the Spirit of God. The Lord God comes to us. He comes to us maybe in an invitation from a friend, in a dream or in a vision, in a moment of enjoying his creation, in his story put down for us in the Bible. In countless ways, he can come to us. And we, like Mary, get to decide what our answer will be. Yes or no? Yes or no? Will you allow him to be formed in you in greater measure this Christmas season? Will you allow him to be formed in you and then shared with the world through you? Everything hinges on this response. And it's quite an incredible thing to think about. That God is unable to live in us, to move in us and move through us without our yes to him. He is God, the creator of everything, the king that has ever been and will ever be. And yet he binds himself to our response to him. Only coming in when we respond with a yes. When we respond to his invitation. When we say, yes, God, come on in to this dwelling place of my life. Everything hinges on this response and everything starts here as well. Christ being formed in us begins when we say yes to him. Mary had to say yes before the Holy Spirit could come upon her and overshadow her. And then, maybe it was the next moment, the next day, the next week after the angel left her. We don't know exactly when the Spirit came upon her. But we know that he did because Jesus began to grow and months later would come into the world. Have you said yes to Jesus yet? Have you said yes to him for the first time? This is the perfect season to say yes to Jesus. Do you need to say yes to him to get today? For the manyth time, do you need to say yes to Jesus today so that he can come by his spirit and be formed in you more fully? Because that's where the miracle of Christmas begins. The miracle of Christ being formed within an open and willing heart to the one who dares to say yes to receiving him. But before Mary actually responds with her yes, she asks a question. A question that I'm sure that we have all asked at some point or another, or maybe even asking right now in this moment. She asks, how will this be? This impossible thing of Christ being formed in me, how will this be since I'm a virgin? For us, maybe it's like this. 
How will this be since I'm such a mess? Nobody knows what kind of mess I am, what kind of mess I feel. I'm a mess inside. I'm a mess at work. My marriage is a mess. Students, maybe, you know, many of you college students are approaching your finals week, and I'm just such a mess. I haven't studied. Or I've studied, and I still feel like I don't get it. Are you high school or middle school students? Maybe you feel like you're just a mess at school. Parents, maybe you feel like you're a mess too. Or maybe I feel like I'm a mess as a friend or a daughter or a son. It just goes on and on and on, fill in the blank. How will this be? How will Jesus come and be formed in me in the midst of all of my sin, my selfishness, my depression, my anxiety, my apathy, maybe even my sense of contentment? I'm just fine. Everything is fine. Thank you very much. How will this be? Thankfully, Gabriel answers Mary's question, and the same is the answer for us too. He says, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Spirit of God says, me, 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 it's me. I am the how, it's me. How will this be? I will come upon you. And I will overshadow you. And Gabriel's answer reminds me of Jesus' words that he would later speak to his disciples. He says in John 14 that the Spirit of truth... He lives with you, and he will be in you. And in Acts 1, Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. How will this be? The Spirit will live with you, and he will be in you. That's how. The how is the who, the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the Holy Spirit hovers over void, barren, dark, and chaotic places? I think he's drawn to them. I think of the chaos and the void before the beginning of everything in Genesis 1. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Hovering waiting for the words to come. Let there be light, and there was light. Light out of darkness. Let the land produce living creatures, and it was so. Life out of nothing. And I think of Mary's virgin womb. A void, nothing living there yet the Holy Spirit was hovering over. And he was waiting for her words to come, waiting for her yes. And then he overshadowed her, and he put life into the void and oversaw its growing into a baby. A baby that would grow up and save the world, save people from their sinful, darkened ways, clean up the chaos and the mess And I think of each of us. For many of us, there was a moment or a season in our lives when we became aware of how separated we were from God. Separated by sin, by doubt, by fear. 
separated maybe even from oppression from the evil one. There was a void in our lives that we became aware of and we invited Jesus into it. And we're still discovering void and barren places in our lives that he wants to come into. For some of us, maybe we're just becoming aware of these voids and barren places, searching for something or someone to fill it. We will remain empty. Those places void and barren until the spirit of the living God comes to dwell there. And he is right now hovering over those void, barren, dark, and chaotic places. And he's waiting. He's waiting for our word of, yes, please come. And then he will do what he always does. He will create something out of nothing. Or in our case, recreate us, removing the sin, the doubt, the fear, the oppression, and replacing it all with himself. He will be with you, and he will be in you. And as he dwells there, he steadily forms the character of Christ in us, because he is the spirit of Jesus. And so a question for each of us today is this. What are the void or barren places in my life? What are the void or barren places in my life? Now, some of you might be thinking, okay, the Spirit of God living with me, living in me, coming upon me, overshadowing me. Well, that all sounds very mysterious. And it is. It is mysterious. Gabriel didn't give Mary the finer, more practical points of what it would look like, feel like, or be like when the Holy Spirit came upon her. He just stated that the, the reality that the Holy Spirit would come. She simply trusted that it would be so. <clears throat> and we can reach out in faith and trust too. And it's very likely that we can look back over our lives of following Jesus and see ways that Christ has been formed in us by his spirit who lives in us. Or we can see him being formed in others. One of my favorite parts about working with university students is that I get a front row seat for Christ being formed in them. And recently I was talking with a student who's been part of our CCF community at Western for five years. She got involved as a freshman, and she's getting ready to leave Bellingham to student teach in West Seattle. And during our time together before Thanksgiving, I asked her, if you could go back to and, and, and visit your freshman self, what would you tell her? And she said, I would tell her not to be so afraid. And as we reminisced about her time at Western, I was able to point out to her all the times I saw her fearlessly moving forward with Jesus, persevering through her very difficult family situation, persevering to get into Woodring after being denied, I think, twice, fearlessly coming down to Nicaragua twice and doing all she could to share the gospel with students who didn't even speak her language. It was like she came alive for the first time in Nicaragua, and it was incredible to see. 
And I, and I reminded her of how she courageously welcomed a non-believing friend to live with her and her Christian roommates for a year. The life and Christ and character of Christ is deeply being formed in her. And it was so fun to show her how when she couldn't see it herself. How has Christ already been formed in you? And how have you seen him being formed in others? As we think about these kinds of questions, we remember that, yes, the Spirit of God lives in us, and he lives around us, and he's in motion. And he's forming the character of Christ in us and through us and in the lives of those around us. Sometimes we just need to remember what is true when we feel so messy and dark and chaotic inside. Two more thoughts as we ponder the question with Mary, how will this be? Remember that the bulk of the how is by the Spirit. But we have a role to play too. Two roles, actually. This is the practical part, so I hope this is helpful. The first, and we've already touched on this a bit, is that Christ is formed in us by our openness and availability to the Spirit. Mary said yes. And she opened her womb that was void of life to the Spirit. And we need to say yes and open our void of life places to the Spirit of God as well. To be open and available to the Spirit of the living God. And the second is that Christ is formed in us by the process of daily intimacy with the Spirit who lives in us. For Mary, the, little pro, the, the literal process for Christ being formed in her was nine months. Pretty normal, standard, natural, nine months. And as I think about Mary, I'm so glad that, that the character of Christ and the life of Christ being formed in us is a process. Well, mostly. I'm mostly thankful that it's a process. Because sometimes there are definitely moments or seasons when I wish that Jesus' character of kindness and generosity and self-control and faithfulness just happened, just popped out of me. Quickly, easily, without pain, without process. But it's a process because God values intimacy with us. And for that, I am thankful that these voids in my life and in our lives, they didn't form quickly, and neither does the life that grows from them after the Spirit comes to dwell there. And if Christ formed in us, happened in a poof, well, we'd miss the adventure of drawing near to him, of being loved by him, of hearing his voice more and more clearly as we journey with him. And we'd miss the awe that comes when we remember how he's been patiently formed in us already. Our intimacy with the Lord is cultivated through daily, remi- daily remembering his presence in us, through talking with him, through getting to know him through the scripture, through sharing him with others. Daily figuring out what it means for us personally and together as a community, as a family, to walk with the Spirit who lives in us.
our response to the Lord today is simple. You know, maybe, maybe as, you've, as you've listened to this Advent Christmas message, you've been thinking of a list of, of, all, the, of all the void and barren places in your life. The Lord knows those things. His spirit that lives in you is about bringing those to your mind. But our response isn't to make a list of all those things and to figure out action plans and all of that to get at those things. That might come later. But our response to the Lord today is simple. Many of us can look back to a moment or to a season of our lives again when Jesus became so real to us that we gave our lives to him. And that moment is important and it's crucial. And I encourage you, if you haven't had that moment yet today, today can be that moment where you say yes to Jesus. Mary had that moment when she said yes, and many of us have had that too. But truly, we have to say yes to the Spirit every day as we walk with Jesus. Like Mary who opened her vacant womb to God, we need to open our vacant, barren, and void places to him so he so they can be filled with the life of the Spirit who forms the life of Christ in us. And God says to us today what he said to Mary. In a sense, he said, Mary, I've chosen for my son to be formed in you. Can you hear him saying that to you today? Calling you by name and saying, I've chosen for my son to be formed in you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and I live in you. And so today, if you sense the Spirit stirring in you, for the first time or the manyth time, our response is simply to say with Mary, Lord, I am your servant. Come and form Christ more fully in me. And so in a gesture of being open and available to the Spirit, will you just open your hands before the Lord and we're going to pray. Just right where you are, all the thoughts you've been thinking this morning, if you sense the Spirit stirring in you, just, just open your hands before him today as a gesture of openness and availability to him. Let's pray. Father, all throughout Scripture, Lord, you have chosen men and women um, to, pu- to pour out your Spirit upon, to lead and to guide your people, to, um, to judge, um, to speak your words of warning, of uh, your invitation to come back and repent of sin. And then you showed us something even more astonishing than that. You came to literally dwell and grow inside. You grew inside of Mary. And Jesus, you willingly set aside your glory and your place with the Father. And you, and you wrapped yourself in the flesh of a baby. You allowed yourself to be grown Um, in the womb of a woman, the Son of God, the Son of the Most High, 
And Jesus, you were born and you walked among us and you did amazing things. and You healed wounds. You set people free. And then you took our sin upon you and you died. And Lord, in this season, we celebrate your birth. We celebrate your coming to us. And at Easter, we'll celebrate your resurrection, Lord. But today, we also celebrate the reality of what you, of what you say to us, even now. That the Holy Spirit will be with us and he will be in us. Jesus, thank you for living in us. And I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here today who has, hasn't said yes to you yet, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would draw them to yourself. And like many of us, Lord, that we would, again, confess that you are Lord, believe in our hearts that you raised from the dead, and take hold again of the reality of our salvation and the reality that you come and you live in us. And Lord, today, with our open hands and our open hearts, we invite you, Holy Spirit, today, for the first time or the manyth time we come, we say, Holy Spirit, come and, and form Christ more fully in me. Lord, we love you. We belong to you. Continue, Holy Spirit, to hover over those void places that maybe by, because of today and our openness and our responsiveness to you, you can begin to bring new life from. But right in this moment, Lord, we just offer ourselves to you. We're just open, we're available. So come and do what you want to do. You know each of us so intimately. Thank you for gathering us as a family today. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.